What's going on, guys? Hope y'all are doing well. Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. Hope everyone's having a good Black Friday. I don't know if you say Happy Friday or not. I don't know if it's a technically a holiday. I did not buy much on Black Friday. Bought some water filters. That was pretty exciting. Also brought up, bought a hot water boiler. So if you can beat that, let me know. Those are two pretty hot purchases. <laughs> but anyways, I'm looking out in my backyard here. I'm in my garage recording this or my gym, whatever you want to call it. It's both. And uh, looking out at about a foot of fresh snow, you guys get dumped on where you're at. We got we got pounded here in Arizona. Uh, made for a beautiful run today, though. Sarah and I were driving around looking for a place to run for about an hour, and she was hitting up all the Black Friday Christmas shopping, getting that all taken care of while I was focused on the road. Ended up not finding anything runnable and uh she ended up on the treadmill i ended up sl- uh, slapping on some yak tracks if you guys don't know what yak tracks are and you live in a snowy place i highly recommend pause this podcast get on that black friday deal get yourself some yak tracks these things are lifesavers i uh i use them all the time kind of going back to my mammoth days i don't know if it was dina or meb or one of them told us about them but they're incredible you just like put them over the bottom of your shoes like chains for your shoes but they're super light they're not like bulky at all and they just slide on and off like super easy so anyways you just put them on on your shoe and and uh you i've never fallen with them like they grip super well so i was out running on this road that they just cleared and um it was icy on the road but i was fine and just enjoying the beautiful scenery the beautiful snow i kind of like running in the snow to be honest um it's not the greatest for workouts you know we'll have to hop on the treadmill for workouts and then also too like for pro runners if you're a little bit you know unsure of the footing and possibility of getting hurt lower leg stuff with a little bit of unevenness um it's not always the best thing for pros but for y'all who are like me and not getting paid to run it's uh it's fun just get out get out in the forest in the middle of snow bury yourself out there and just be in nature so anyways that's what i was up to today uh, I feel like it's been a while since our last podcast but guys i'm super excited for this one it might take me a couple of episodes to get through this one i don't know if i can get it all in in a succinct amount of time so this one's gonna be called a healthy approach to leaning out so been uh wanting to do this episode for a long time because i know a lot of you guys like myself over the last couple months trying to lose a few pounds and uh this episode was not at all coordinated with thanksgiving it just happened to be the day after thanksgiving i know you're thinking yeah right whatever but no for real like it i really did wasn't planning on you know do, having this around thanksgiving i hope that you did enjoy your thanksgiving i hope you did eat some things you don't typically eat i think that's part of all of this journey is you know not feeling like you're restricting yourself all the time so hopefully you guys enjoyed your thanksgiving but now maybe it's time to think about how you can lose those uh last couple of pounds or maybe you got a whole bunch of pounds you need to lose or um i don't know we're all in different spots but um i think this episode will be super super helpful for us and uh you know it's going to be a discussion that 
uh, will be a little bit tricky for me personally, just with, uh, I don't know if you guys read the Mary Kane article that came out a few weeks ago about her experience um, being in Alberto's group and um, some of the stuff that was going down with how he was wanting her to lean out and some of the unhealthiness in that whole process for her. If you want to check it out, search it up on the internet, as my daughter Jasmine likes to say. You can check out the article for yourself and see what you think. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But I really want to be careful here not to set anyone off down a bad road and um, to have just a really good, like, healthy perspective, healthy look at the issue of weight management. Really, I think, an important one. And I've learned a ton about this on my journey and been all over the map on my journey which i'll share uh, some of my experiences with weight and weight management for myself personally so that's what we're going to talk about um but before we do i thought i'd give you guys a little update on my training um became a little bit more public than i wanted it to be thanks to sarah and her instagram posts last week i don't know if you saw it but it's just like me sitting in a car freezing cold about to go for a run and she was talking about being excited that i was back to training and then right after that i got hit up uh, by a reporter from runner's world that i'm friends with and she was asking me what's going on you making a comeback or what so after that kind of you guys you guys have been in the know if you've been listening to to the run free podcast so you know what's going on, but uh, after that, kind of became a little bit more public. But anyways, let me tell you guys kind of what my training's been looking like since we last chatted. I've had three workouts since then, and as you guys remember, if you remember back to the last episode, um, I did a whole bunch of 800s and just bombed it. <laughs> I remember my, I was telling you guys my last rep of my 800s was like 330 or 323 or something like for for myself something very very not good <laughs> compared to where my fitness is even currently at not even taking into account you know i used to do 800 meter reps in you know under 210 so <laughs> i was uh i was way off the mark in that workout but the reason why i'm reminding you guys of that is because then so i i traveled to colgate university in new york shortly thereafter and woke up in the morning took a couple easy days and i was like you know i'm just gonna hop on a treadmill since i'm traveling i don't really know the the terrain around me and i and i wanted to see where i'm at you know like my goal is to run 515 pace get myself in shape to run 515 pace for houston half marathon if you guys haven't uh heard that heard me say that before so i was like let me just hop on a treadmill and do this body guided threshold and i love body guided thresholds where you just either tell yourself how far you're going to go and you let your body determine the pace or you determine the pace you say hey body i want to run 515 pace today and now i'm just going to see how far i can go and i'm going to break it up i'm going to get in eight miles of work but it might mean i'm doing 800 meter repeats it might mean i'm doing mile repeats like i have no idea what it's going to look like my body's going to give me that information and it's not like a race you know it's not like you finish when you are getting jettisoned off the back of the treadmill right like like you start you stop before you're like at death you know so anyways that's what i decided to do and you know i was nervous about it considering my last 800s went so poorly and uh, i hadn't even touched 515 pace since i can't even remember when since like four years ago so actually you know i ran one mile just randomly like four anyways <laughs> i ran one mile in five minutes like without training at all like 
like six months ago, but that doesn't even count. So anyways, I, I hop on the treadmill and walk in 515 pace. And man, you know, that last episode was all about mantras and I was pulling on all those mantras I was talking to you guys about. So, you know, and it was such a roller coaster ride mentally. You know, the first mile I was like, yeah, this is feeling good. Like this feels comfy, you know, like I think I can go like an hour at this pace. And then like two miles later, like mile three, I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm dying. I'm not going to make it like even another 400 meters. And, you know, I'd go in these patches where I'd feel really good, really relaxed and like really super tired. Like I was about to get flung off the back of the treadmill. So anyways, I'm kind of like playing these mental games. I don't know if you guys ever do this when you're on treadmills, but I'll like be like, all right, just get to the next like like a half mile mark or get to a K to go or get to 2K to go. And you're just kind of playing with yourself mentally because you're like, I know I can get to this, you know, I can hold this pace for another, you know, 400 meters. So I'm doing this like the whole time, right? But the miles are starting to go by, like got through mile one, got through mile two, three. And then, so I ended up getting to six miles and I felt like, you know, that was my body's kind of like, okay, that's enough for now. Stepped off the treadmill, take, Took as much rest as I felt like I needed, which was probably three or four minutes. Hopped back on the treadmill and then finished out the last two miles. So, man, I was I was pretty pumped with that workout. Like I said, considering I hadn't even touched 515 pace in, in such a long time. And considering how bad my last workout was. And, um, you know, for me, when I look at benchmark workouts for the half marathon, eight mile and 10 mile thresholds are really, really important for those in my in my opinion. So typically I'd say like whatever you can hold for eight to 10 miles in practice, you can do for a half marathon in a race. So I was like, man, I'm almost there, you know? So even it was just a really big kind of step of encouragement for me. And the reason why I want to talk to you guys about that is because sometimes you got to just hold on just long enough to get to the next workout, you know? Like I said, I just bombed a workout. And also too, like you got to have like instant sports amnesia towards your bad workouts. So even though I just bombed a workout and I had like, if you look at my workout right before that uh, treadmill workout that I did, I had no reason to even mess with 515 pace. Like based on my 800 meter reps, I shouldn't even been able to do 200 meter reps or 400 meter reps at 515 pace. But stepping on that treadmill, I just threw that workout completely out the window. Like it wasn't even in my mind anymore. And I was just locked into 515 pace. I was just locked into like, this is a new opportunity right here, right now. And man, you can really turn the corner on your fitness, on your excitement level, on your um, your belief that you you can actually accomplish your goals in one workout. Like it can turn on a dime like that, where you go from doing 800 meter repeats at six minute pace to all of a sudden you run six miles in a row at 515 pace. Now granted, uh, you know, at Colgate, I'm down at sea level. So obviously it's a lot easier on a treadmill. That's also easier. So, you know, I had a lot of things playing in my favor, but still it was like a massive step of progression. So sometimes you gotta just, weather the storm with your bad workouts but you can't bring those bad workouts into your next workout like like i said you gotta have instant sports amnesia be like forget about your bad workouts forget about your bad races like be excited for the opportunity that's right in front of you and then when you do hit those workouts those like workouts that just fill you with confidence 
like let them fill you with confidence like build monuments around that like be like this is what i'm gonna remember when i'm on the starting line in houston it's like okay i know i can i've done this in training and it shows me i'm ready to do this in a race and i know like some coaches they don't like their athletes getting too excited by one workout and i totally understand where they're coming from because there's a tendency to compare every single workout now that i have to that last workout that I just had, that 515 pace workout. And that can get me in big, big trouble. If every time I step out the door, I expect, you know, that's now my measuring stick because I gotta be able to run 515 pace. Like that, that's gonna shoot me in the foot. But, so I gotta be able to not have it be my measuring stick, but but be able to reflect back on it and be like, that shows me I, I can do this. You know, you've got to have those workouts along the way towards your goal race where you've shown yourself like I can do this and I just have to be me out on the start. I don't have to do anything magical because I've already shown myself I can do it in training. So really, really important that we build our confidence around these big workouts. We remember them, but they're not measuring sticks that we measure every single workout accordingly to. We measure growth over big picture, over weeks and months, not over one workout to the next workout. So then, anyways, fast forward. Oh, by the way, my time in Colgate was amazing. Did some talks with uh, the cross country and track teams there um, with a heretics club lunch, which was cool. I got to talk about my experience of having God as my coach and uh, and then talked with the Christian athletes there as well in their, their club meeting. So Colgate's beautiful university, great people out there, had, a, had an amazing time. Flew back, Hana, ran, Hana Mia ran a Nike regionals meet. Didn't go quite as well as they were hoping. Uh, neither one of them qualified, but Hana ran a big PR, got under 18 minutes. So that was exciting for her being a freshman. Um, Hana, I think she ended up ninth maybe yeah i think she's ninth so didn't qualify she qualified last year so a bit of a bummer but you know we we're talking to her afterwards like that's running you know like some you learn more from those seasons where you didn't quite have the season you're hoping for than from the seasons when you knock it out of the park so um you know a, a good opportunity for her to learn and grow through that experience and still a good season just not quite quite what we were hoping for um so anyways flew back watched that race in arizona and then hopped on the airplane flew out to atlanta the next day sarah and i did a preview uh run on olympic trials course which was really cool uh, my longest run in a long long time uh did a little warm-up before and then we did a big loop which was 10.2 miles and a littler loop which is eight miles and uh felt pretty good actually i think we we averaged like around 6 13 pace or something like that and uh, yeah, legs felt pretty good, but really just observing the course, you know, every single little up and down, paying attention to it, paying attention to the road surface, the potholes, although I hear they're gonna clean up the road a little bit before the race. Um, but just super, super helpful to get out there on that course and get a good feel for it. Cause this is something that's also important for you guys, like in your training, like whatever your goal race is, you wanna know how that course flows so that you can come back home so you can visualize it in your training. You can actually put yourself there in your mind's eye. And then also so you you can choose a course that is as similar to what you're going to race as possible. So it's super, super helpful for Sarah and I to get out there on the course and um, had a good long run. Then I was like wrecked for a couple of days after that, sleeping like 10 plus hours a night. I was super, super tired. Um, 
And then just, you know, I was so tired, and this is something that's relevant for you guys who are maybe designing your own training. I was so tired after even, so I take two easy days between every workout. So, so tired on those two easy days. I was like, I'm not ready to like do anything where I'm measuring how fast I'm running. So I just did like a free flowing fart lick, uh, eight miles of in and out uh, minutes. So minute hard, minute easy. And uh, that was really good. That was a smart move on my part if I do say so myself <laughs> to uh to not have it be soup something like like repeats on the track or a threshold or something that would have just discouraged me knowing how I'm feeling so that's something to think about if you're designing your own training like pay attention like how your body's feeling doesn't necessarily mean you have to push the workout although you could do that you could push it a day or two later than you're planning on um, if you really are trying to hit something big but if if you're not really concerned about hitting something big then just lighten up that workout if you're feeling a little bit tired going into it so anyways that was the extremely long introduction to uh, this conversation on leaning out so where to begin where to begin so like I was mentioning the Mary Kane article and uh, you know reading through that I could feel for Mary Kane in her experience I personally had a very different experience so you know just real and brief like Mary Kane's experience was being kind of you know doing like weigh-ins in front of her teammate um, having Alberto um, call her out in front of her teammates about being too big and needing to lose weight and just just those kind of things uh, you can like I said you can read the article if you want I had a very opposite experience so I never paid attention to my weight at all when I was in high school I just ate whatever was put in front of me and then uh, I went to college and I was still eating whatever was put in front of me which was a problem since I was in all-you-can-eat dining hall so <laughs> I instantly you know I knew about the freshman 15 or 10 or whatever you want to call it. I knew about it and I still just like wasn't paying attention like I just didn't think about nutrition you know so anyways I put on like 10 pounds really quick and uh, I remember Vin Lanana was my coach at Stanford at the time. He called me into his office and he did this as gently as he possibly could have. Like he did this in the best possible way. So he's a he's the opposite of kind of, you know, how Alberto was framed in the Mary Kane article. So he calls me into his office. He holds up two pictures and one is of me when I was in high school. Um, like winning the state meet or something like that and then one was of me like recently in college and he's like do you see any difference between these two pictures and I was like no looking pretty much the same and he's like he's like really he's like because you're looking a little bit bigger <laughs> and again he said it in like the nicest way and I don't remember you know exactly how the conversation went down but that's that's basically how it went and he's just like listen like you just need to like you know you put on a little bit of weight you just need to pay attention to what you're eating pay attention to your nutrition eat lots of veggies and um lots of healthy food try and stay away from sugar like it just really sound like plain advice like he wasn't putting me on any crazy diet or asking me to you gotta lose five pounds in the next two months like there was no discussion of numbers like he is just telling me like hey let's start paying attention to this because it's an issue and it is a factor and uh He's right, and Mary Kane mentioned this too in, in her article where she said, like, weight is a factor in our sport. And any coach that is trying to help you perform at a high level and doesn't talk about being in the right spot for you 
in terms of your own weight, um, they aren't, they're doing you a disservice because it is a part of the sport, unfortunately. Like I wish that you could run as fast you know, I wish I could run as fast now. I'm at 169 pounds. I wish I could run as fast at this weight as when I was 137, but it's just not happening. <laughs> and, you know, we don't need to get into that whole discussion of why, but it's a power to weight ratio, um, plays into your VO2 max, like being heavier slows you down. There's a reason why all the best distance runners in the world are slight in build you know you're not seeing any crossfitters out there running 204 marathons or two hour marathons you know so i don't think you know no one's going to disagree with that like like body weight is a factor however um it be it can become problematic so let me just kind of go back to my story and and talk about how that how this can be a really tricky issue so my coach told me what he told me as i discussed and so me being who I am, I'm like super, uh, I want to say I'm not bipolar, but I'm very extreme in nature. So, you know, if I'm trying to gain weight, like I'll gain weight, <laughs> like, like I'll really get after the food and gain some weight. If I'm trying to lose weight, you know, I've been known to go on some pretty crazy diets. So that's what I did. Uh, I remember I went on a peanut butter and jelly diet after that. And so all I'd do is I'd have one peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast, one for lunch, and one for dinner. And I was like training like a collegiate, like I think we were in track season at the time. So I was, I was running a decent amount as well. So I remember I started this peanut butter and jelly diet on like a Thursday or something. My coach left, he took the team to a race over the weekend, came back, saw me at practice on Monday. So it'd been like four or five days. And he's like, what? have you been doing he's like your face looks way different <laughs> like i lost a whole bunch of weight in like four or five days and and i did I, I forget how much i lost but i lost like a bunch of weight like really quick and i was i was like i was like ah, oh, i'm just you know trying out a new diet or whatever and um i was just running terrible like i was so weak i had nothing like i it was everything i could do to just like get through an easy like hour run you know so like that that's an example of like the route you don't want to take like don't take some crazy extreme diet where you lose a whole bunch of weight super quick and it just leaves you feeling weak unable to sleep super irritable hating life like that is not productive for anything like that that was my peanut butter and jelly diet was a complete waste of time a complete mistake you know but like i said mistakes is is how we grow and and a, a good learning opportunity so i certainly learned from that but also too so during that time i'm doing this crazy peanut butter and jelly diet of course i can't like maintain it right like who can maintain a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast lunch and dinner and that's it so what happened is i never had this issue before but it triggered this kind of binge eating cycle so i was i would stay on this diet for four or five days and then i'd just be so ravenous so hungry that eventually like i'd catch myself at uh you know late at night and i'm tired and don't have a lot of self-control and then just go completely off off the charts you know like just eat what you know go to the grocery store and just grab like whatever they had donuts cookies 
cake and just like stuff my face right so it kind of created this whole cycle of like binge eating that really like lasted all the way throughout my career um and that was that was really really tricky uh managing learning to manage that and you know i tell that story to be like even if like for myself my coach had a very good conversation with me it can trigger things inside of us that can be very unhealthy so i want to be really careful how we approach this and i want to start the conversation with this that you being one pound lighter may or may not help you so we need to find the weight that you are strong at not the weight that you're like the lightest you know it, like for my, myself and I'm going to post I haven't posted obviously this as I'm recording it but I'm going to do a post on Instagram I'm going to put a picture of me running Boston when I ran 204 and then me running Boston when I, I don't even know what my time was it's the year Meb won I think I ran like 218 or something and I was just in the 204 year I was strong I was strong me you know I was lean I was light I was 137 pounds I think and then the year when I ran 218, I'd been in Ethiopia training, had been pretty restrictive with my eating. As a result, ran 218, ran terrible, even though I, training had gone really well and I was super, super fit, but I was depleted. I was, you can just tell from the picture, like I had shrunk and like my muscles were gone, you know? So even, and this is so tricky because I know for myself, I look at the African runners. Like I remember when I was in high school going up to the state meet and track as a senior in high school and like looking at my ankles, being like, man, my ankles look like so big compared to like the Kenyan guys that I race against, you know? And so it's really, really easy to get in this comparison thing with people and to look at other athletes that you watch on television. And you're just like, man, like their abs, you can like see them through their shirts and they're like looking really small. Uh, for myself, you know, racing against these African guys. I remember in the London Marathon, my first marathon, catching up to Gabriel Selassie and a lot of the other African guys, Paul Turgot, and just being like, these guys are so tiny, you know, and like feeling so big. And people even tell me that, like at signings, autograph signings, be like, you look so big or so small compared to like on TV, you look all big. I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm running next to a whole bunch of dudes who are like 5'4 and 110 pounds. And I'm like 5'10 and 137 and I'm looking big, you know? So anyways, it's really, really easy to compare. So let's not do that. Like, let's find your sweet spot. Let's find what weight you are the strongest at. And man, if I could go back and do everything over again, I, I really wish that... I would have just parked it at 137 pounds. Like that was the weight I was the strongest at. That was the weight um, I ran all my best times at. And I didn't stay there the entire year. And I'm gonna talk about this later on. So probably gonna be broken up into a couple episodes because I'm going kind of long. But it's super, super important that before we even get into like how to diet down part, we get into like, let's make sure we're mentally, emotionally, spiritually in the right spot with this. So when we start on the diet, we're starting in the right spot. Um, so anyways, what was I talking about? <laughs> uh, comparing myself 
really important that you find the right weight that's right for you. So yeah, going back to, I wish that I would have just always locked it in 137 pounds because when I went below that, I was no good. So like, for example, when I ran 218 in Boston, I think I was like 133 or 134, which was, you know, you could be like, that's only three or four pounds lighter than when you're telling me you're at your best. But yeah, it's like, it can be even just a pound. If you're a pound lighter than you should be going into your race, like that can set you out set you over the edge where you're in that depleted weak state so like that's that's what you need to learn to gauge for yourself is like at what weight do i turn from me being strong to me being weak and depleted and like i was saying and i didn't stay at that weight the entire year so kind of how my emotional eating might kind of uh binge eating look for me and how I managed it throughout my career was I, I, for the most part I could kind of keep it at bay you know if I had bad races that would be something that could set me off that trigger me um after but here's the thing after every single marathon good or bad like I would just go off for like two weeks and hear me out like i'm not saying that's what everyone should do like sarah doesn't do that like a lot of pro runners don't do that and they're fine so this was not something like i'm proud of or something that i think was super healthy but it was healthy for me to put on weight so in that i i can say for sure i wish i would have done it without the emotional component of binge eating um, i wish i would have made better food choices and like yes put on a whole bunch of weight but ate like really good clean foods that was going to nourish my body not a whole bunch of donuts and cookies and crap that um, <laughs> just uh, was was not doing me a whole lot of good besides putting on the weight um but so here's the thing with dieting it's like and this is why most diets don't work is because or they'll work for a little while and then they stop working like my peanut butter and jelly diet is because diets aren't designed to for the long term you know we talk about dieting down i'm gonna talk about a whole bunch of different diets i've tried a whole bunch of different approaches you can take and i'm gonna tell you guys the one that i think is the best for runners because that's the whole point of this podcast um So the goal of your leaning out is for you to find the weight that you are the strongest, that you're the fastest at, not to find the weight you're the lightest at. When I retired from pro running, I was a hundred and twenty I got down to 127 pounds at five foot ten. And I really believe like that was a big reason why I was experiencing such uh, profound tiredness and fatigue. I, you know, I cited like having extreme fatigue syndrome. I really believe like a lot of that was just came down to me being too light. So let's make this very clear um, from the outset that the goal is to not to get as light as you possibly can. The goal is for you to get to healthy weight. And how I want you guys to do that is I want you to cycle your diet. It's super, super important. Because I know like, like I said, like some of, some of the people who listen to this podcast, they're pro runners and they just need to lose like a pound or like maybe for like myself, for example, when I f first started out my training cycles for marathons as a result of my binge eating and two weeks of eating, competitions i'd be 10 pounds heavier i'd have to gradually lose that weight over the next six months so really i was looking at losing 10 pounds over six months which is a pretty small amount 
I know for some other people, um, you know, they, maybe they have 50 pounds to go. Maybe they have 100 pounds to go. And it can become problematic when you try and tackle all of that at one time. And it can become problematic for your body and how depleted it gets and what happens to your hormones. Like being in a calorie-restricted state for too long can just wreak havoc on you emotionally, spiritually, physically. So we don't want that, guys. Like we want to cycle it. So you have those, if you need to lose weight, you have those periods where you're like, okay, I'm going after it, you know? I'm gonna spend the next two months and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and lose eight pounds, you know? And you're like, I'm gonna go after it for two months. And then you, you get away from it a little bit. You like start, stop being so restrictive, you relax a little bit. You don't go crazy, you, you nourish your body, you just go in maintenance mode for uh, say a month or three weeks or two weeks or one week. You should relax on it a little bit. And I'm gonna talk about this in the methodology I'm gonna get into next episode um, about how uh, even within that restricted state when you are losing the calories, there is a time and place for a refuel day or meal. So we're gonna cycle your diet. We're gonna go after it for a little bit. And it's kind of like training on six days a week compared to training on seven days a week. And my experience with that, when I'm training on six days a week, I really can focus in and dial on those six easy days. I mean, those six hard, those six training days. Cause I know on the seventh day, I'm gonna get a day of rest. I'm gonna get a day to just chill out. And like, you gotta be like that with your diet too, where you're like, okay, I can attack this thing and I can go for it. And I'm like, you know, I'm have my moments where I'm a little bit hungry, a little bit under fuel feeling a little bit energy low but I can get through it because I know that then I'm going to take a week a break from this diet and I'm not going to put back on a whole bunch of weight uh, but I'm just going to relax I'm going to maintenance mode I'm going to let my body kind of recharge its batteries I'm going to regroup a little bit here and then I'm going to go after it again this is so so important guys because if you're staying in a calorie restricted state for a really long time like I said, it's really, really challenging mentally, emotionally, spiritually, but also too physically, like it's very hard to train super hard when you're losing weight at the same time. So, you know, you want to have those time periods when you're fueling yourself really well and you're giving yourself enough calories to recover from the workouts and you're absorbing things really well. Cause I see this in the weight room all the time. Like if I start restricting my calories and even to the point where I'm not, I'm not gaining weight anymore. It's just my weight staying the same, but I'm starting to like lessen my calories. I'll stop making progress in the weight room. Like usually the only way I'm making progress in the weight room is if I'm eating more than I need. And I'm not saying you have to do that for running, but I think you do need to have your time periods where you get away from the diet and you just go into maintenance mode. So uh, from now until next week, your guys' homework is just to have conversations with yourself, with uh, maybe people you run with, maybe teammates, maybe your coach um, about how can I have a healthy approach to wanting to lean out and how can I make sure that my mental approach um, is, is one that is healthy. Um, emotionally, I feel like I'm in a good spot and I'm not going to get into emotional eating because I'm just going to have a very like healthy perspective of I'm trying to lean out, but I'm not trying to destroy my body. I'm just trying to make my body stronger and I need to get rid of some excess pounds to do that. 
So that's what I want you guys to think about from now till next week. And then next week, we're going to dive into the methodology of how to lean out and uh, my approach to it, what's worked for me over the years. Uh, my buddy Josh Cox and I, we joke with each other that we spent 20 years learning to diet and <laughs> to lose weight because uh, uh, that was, you know, it's a big, it's a big part of our sport, especially as a pro runner, you know, you got to find that sweet spot. So we want to help you guys find your sweet spot. We want to help you get there. We're going to get into the method of how you actually do that next week. Uh, until then, enjoy the rest of your guys Black Friday and I will talk to you guys next week.